In today's show, we're looking at the teams that got better and the teams that got worse in the Western Conference after the majority of NBA free agency has been settled. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So this show, I am recording this at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 3rd of July. I'm going through the Western Conference. Yesterday, you would have seen the Eastern Conference show of the teams that got better and worse. I apologize. Again, I am currently, when this show is released, I am currently in Las Vegas getting ready for NBA Summer League. So if something has happened, I hope it hasn't. If something has happened in that interim where someone big has been traded or a surprise player has been traded, I apologize. I thought it was better to get the show out versus not doing anything, which I'm not going to be able to do as much when I am away. So that's the state of where things are. Um, I hope we're going to hit 60,000 subs on YouTube. We're almost there. If you could, if you haven't subscribed and you're watching this, hit it now. Let's get 60 up. I'd love to get to 75 next season. We'll see how we go. First goal, let's get to 60. Let's now talk about the teams in the um, Western Conference. I'm going to go in reverse alphabetical order. And again, this is not me telling you whether uh, you know, I love their moves or the fantasy value necessarily on, of the players. I gave an uh, understanding or a description of that yesterday, a definition of that uh, on the Eastern Conference show. It's about, is this team's roster, does it, are the players better than what they were at the end of last season? That's my judgment on where these things go. So let's talk about it. Warney? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> oh, man, that the laugh was really lacking then, wasn't it? Let's talk about the Utah Jazz, the Jazzmen. Are they better? Yeah, I think they are. And I think this team is not going to do the shenanigans, the shenaniganization that we saw at the very end of last season where there was fake injuries all over the place on this squad. Fake, 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 fake. They were much better than we anticipated through the early portion of the season and then shut it down, ended with a ninth pick. They're going for it again. They're going for, let's get back in the playoffs. They've got so many future draft picks coming. They had three firsts this season. They had a top 10. They would have loved to have been higher, but oh well. I I think they got a top five player in this draft. So I think they did well. So who comes in? This is how they get better. They got John Collins. And you can shit on the Baptist as much as you want. Forgetting him for Rudy Gay is an upgrade. It just it just is. They bring in Taylor Hendricks, who I had as the fourth best player in this draft. Maybe this looks silly after we see him play in Summer League. Again, don't make judgments from Summer League. You can make some judgments, but don't make sweeping judgments. Bryce Sensible and Keontae George, who I had Sensible, I think, in my lottery. George, I had in the 20s. I think Sensible is a starter. Not, not this year. In the future, and George, maybe. I'm not sure about him. And they also signed Joey Hauser, to a two-way. Yeah, that doesn't really matter that much. Who is gone? Well, nobody. Really? Rudy Gay? Juan Toscano-Anderson? I don't know if he's coming back or not, but he's not signed. 
Uh, Udoka Azebuke, who I think is on the Celtics Summer League team, so he's not coming back to Utah. Waste of a pick, that was. Damo Jones was traded to the Cavs. And Johnny Jujang, who I don't think is coming back either. So that is just a huge upgrade. Collins, Hendricks, Sensible, George, and you lose Gay and the guest Toscano Anderson. It, it makes you way better. Now, is it better than the roster at the start of the season where Mike Conley was the starting point guard? I don't know about that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where the what did they do in the offseason? They made themselves better. And I don't I don't really think there's I don't really think you should have a debate about that. We're not going to debate this one either. The San Antonio Spurs, they are better because they drafted Victor Wemenyama. It doesn't even matter anything else that they did. They're better. Wemenyama comes in. They also bring in Lamar Stevens, Chetty Osman as part of that Max Strew sign and trade. They get a second round pick in that as well. They uh, bring Serge Abari Rice in as a two-way player, who I think might be an NBA rotation guy. I don't know. And CD Sissoko, who is, I think, going to be an NBA rotation player. That's who they bring in. And they lose Keita Bates-Diop, who was pretty good last season as Jeremy Sohan's backup and the guy that replaced him in the lineup when injury nonsense started down the stretch. And he moves to Phoenix and he might be a starter there. Decent player. Dominic Barlow, I don't know. I'm recording this after the first Sacramento California Classic Summer League game. Barlow was a good man. I think he's a good player. I think that he'll be back and that's good for them. And then the other ones are Romeo Langford, who they didn't offer a qualifying offer to, so I don't think he's coming back. And Gorgie Jeng, who I don't think is coming back either. But it's really clear. You bring in Wembenyama, and the only... And Barlow might even still come back, and the only guy you lose really is Bates D. Up. Like, it's just a W. It's not even remotely close to anything else. Let's look at the Sacramento Kings. And I have been... I'm somewhat critical of the Sacramento Kings. You know that. And I'm critical of their off-season process. But that's not what this is about. Are the Kings better this season than last season? And I would say the answer is, I almost said they're the same, but I think they are marginally better. Marginally. It is not very big difference. It is marginally better, in my opinion. My criticism of the Kings is, I think you probably paid too much for DeMontis Sabonis. I think he's a really rate-limiting max contract player. Well, he's not quite max, but it just you can't get that far with him. And you gave up a first-round draft pick to sign nobody. That's that's my problem, is that you cleared cap space for nothing. And it cost you a first-round pick for a guy who was Olivia Maxence Prosper at that spot. Would have been a really good player for him. That's a waste. That is bad, bad moves, I think. But the team is better. And bringing no problem with the guys they brought back. I think they did really well with that. Those guys are all useful. But the marginal improvement was not worth giving up a first-round pick when you never had to. So who comes in? Chris Duarte? I still don't know what they gave up to get Duarte. Duarte was terrible last season. I'm not sure how much of a rotation role he has behind Fox, Herder, Monk, and Davion Mitchell. Probably doesn't play much at all. We'll see what they gave up. They brought in Jalen Slauson. Either he's on a two-way. I think Slauson's an interesting sort of player. And I think he can be an NBA guy. And the guy that probably tips them over to make them better is Sasha Vensenkov. If they didn't bring him over... I would say they definitely didn't get better. But they did, and he will likely slot in playing the minutes that the Kaziok Parla and Chinamaniki were playing last season, that Vezenkov will move into that role. And that's an upgrade. They lose probably Terrence Davis. A lot of guards there drafting Colby Jones. They're getting Chris Duarte. He's not coming back, Davis. They lose Rashawn Holmes, who wasn't a part of the rotation anyway. He'd fallen behind Trey Lyles and Alex Len. I guess Nemius Cater isn't coming back. And Matty Dallavadova is definitely not coming back. He's playing down here. Again, 
in Australia. So getting Duarte and Vezenkov and losing Davis and Holmes is an upgrade. But I think they could have done better. But that's not what this is about. This next one is really hard to do. And that's a teaser because I'm going to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. If you have tough life decisions, and literally who doesn't? We all have those decisions. You have to be able to find the best way to go forward. And sometimes that path forward isn't clear, whether it's decisions around career, relationships, or anything else. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make the decisions that align with your values and your morals is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So you're dealing, going to therapy, talking through those things. They're telling you, well, what do you need? Oh, I get overwhelmed decisions. Well, you know what? Take a breath. I'm not a therapist. I'm not giving you this advice. But these are the sort of things that you can hear that I've heard when I've had therapy. Like, hey, take a moment, take a breath. Just say, oh, we'll be back. I'll think about this. We'll be back in a second. And just rather than like you know, reacting in the moment or being overwhelmed or whatever, just taking the things that you need for yourself personally in those situations. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be on map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. The team that I'm talking about is the Portland Trailblazers. And at the moment, I have said they have gotten better. But I, but I, I don't know. I don't know that. Oi, Damo, give us your lighter. Yeah, because I don't know where Damian Lillard is playing and I don't know what they're getting back. But if I look at what happened, they brought in Scoot Henderson. Bringing, then they drafted Scoot Henderson at pick number three when he should have gone at pick number two. It's a W. Jesus, God, Sterling. Chris Murray, well, I didn't love the pick. It's good. Okay, he's a solid enough rotation. I didn't love it, but it's solid. And Ryan Rupert in the second round. This makes them better. The guys they lose, Justice Winslow, oh, well. He might still even come back. Matisse Thibel and restricted free agency, he might come back. Kevin Knox, literally doesn't matter at all. Trendon Watford, that one was curious. I don't have any real understanding of why they waived him. That I'd, I'd love an explanation. I haven't heard it from Joe Cronin. There is no reason for that whatsoever in my mind. You haven't signed anyone. What the hell did you cut Trina Watford for? They lost Cam Reddish. Oh, well, not important. Now, that goes back to why did you trade Josh Hart um, and get Cam Reddish back? I guess he was just a salary part of that, and they got the first pick out of it, or first round pick, which is Chris Murray. Is Chris Murray worth Josh Hart? Not really. And then the big question is Damian Lillard. Is he gone? He requested a trade, so you'd think he's gone, but I don't know. And I don't know whether they're better or worse. They almost definitely are worse. They're almost, their roster is almost definitely worse, but they were terrible last season. That's how they got pick three. They had the fifth worst record in the NBA through absolute manipulation of tanking in the last little bit. That's true. But they have got Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Scoot Henderson. They've still got Yusuf Nurkic. There's some solid enough players here. And if that return of Lillard, I don't know what it brings, but what if it brings two strong rotation pieces back? Then maybe the roster, if you say Lillard is gone, but Scoot and two other guys arrive, maybe it's not worse. I know that sounds crazy to say that losing Lillard might make you better. It's not losing Lillard making you better. It's like I'm adding Scoot and Murray and maybe two other pieces. Maybe the roster's better. And that the way things currently sit, adding Scoot to a a roster that has Lillard is better. It is almost like 95% chance their roster will be worse. It is almost a guarantee that it will be worse once or if 
this Lillard trade is finalized. But it's not, and I'm not ruling out that it's even going to stay the same or get better. I don't know you guys are going to push back. And Lillard's awesome, man. He's one of the... Yes, this is all very true. He is awesome. And you can't replace him one for one. But can you replace him with Scoot Henderson plus two other guys? Does that make your roster equivalent? Maybe. It, it can't be ruled out. This isn't going to happen. But let's say the Nets said let's you can take Nick Claxton and Mikhail Bridges or Mikhail Bridges and Ben Simmons, right? Who has been bad. But what if Ben Simmons goes back to being an all-NBA player. Very unlikely, but what if he does? Like, is that is that team better? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's I'm not I'm not ruling it out. The Phoenix Suns, they're better. They are better. And there's a lot of change on this team for sure. They lose Chris Paul, Andrew Shamet, Tori Craig, Bismarck Biombo, Jack Landell, and Darius Baisley. Paul, big loss. Craig was a starter. Shamit is dead terrible, but he, he played minutes. Bradley Beal, is he better than Chris Paul at the moment? I don't think so. I think Chris, I know Chris Paul's a lot older, and that's going to mean something in the next year or two. But I think Chris Paul... Well, Chris Paul was better than Bradley Beal last season. That, that's fine. Um, but it's you also added Eric Gordon, who is much better than Landry Shamit. You added Kade Bates-Diop, is probably equivalent to Tory Craig. You added Yuta Watanabe, who's better than Darius Baisley. You added Drew Eubanks, who's better than Jock Landale. You added Chemezi Metu, Jordan Goodwin. You added a lot of guys that are strong. And this is not even like, well, more time to jail. It's not even about the roster. Like, Beal and Gordon is better than Paul and Shamit, I think, as a general rule. And then adding Bates-Diop and Eubanks and Watanabe, I think their roster is better. Is it absolute leagues better? Probably not. But it is better. And that Eric Gordon one really tips the scales. This is a starting caliber player you got on a minimum contract. And I'm not even talking about is it better value for money. It's just better. Yeah, he is that much better than Landry Shamert that the difference between Paul and Beal, which you might even argue Beal's better than Paul. I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't think it is. But the difference between Gordon and Shamert is stark. And then Bates, Diop, and Craig is the same. And Eubanks and Landale is, you know, Eubanks, it's so many advantages. It's just a, 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 for what they were presented with, being able to convince Eric Gordon to come on that minimum and bring guys who I think are very useful contributors on minimum salaries makes them better. Does it make them a championship contender? I thought they were a championship contender last season until they melted down. So yeah, probably. I would I would think they probably are, yeah. That would be my guess. The Thunder. They are better. Who did they lose? Yeah, not much. Not much. They lost... Dario Saric, maybe. I don't know where Saric is going. I don't. The Thunder have got like 20 blokes on the roster already. So I, I don't think that Saric is coming back here. So I think we could fairly comfortably... He hasn't, at the moment, he hasn't signed anywhere. Fairly confident he's not coming back to Phoenix. Lindy Waters, I like as a player. That's a bit of a loss. Jared Butler, not really. And Olivier Saar. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Just a quick one, if you didn't know, and I didn't know this until someone mentioned it to me a week or so ago, Olivier Saar's brother, Alex, is a legit top 10 prospect in next year's draft. He's playing, we played Overtime Elite last year, and he is down here in Australia playing for Perth in the NBL this season. Alex Saar. Um, he's, playing, he's playing for Perth. Um Big man, I think he's. I think he's good. I watched some highlights of him the other day. Pretty interested to see where Alex Saar goes next year. But that's Olivier's brother and a potential at this point top ten pick for next year's draft. And who do they bring in? So what makes them better? Vasily Micic is a legitimate rotation NBA point guard, thirty year old from Europe, but I think he's a good player. 
They bring in Casey Wallace, the number 10 pick in the draft. They bring in Davis Bertans, Victor Oladipo, Paddy Mills, Keontae Johnson, and Jack White. Now, I don't know whether Oladipo is going to play. I don't know whether Bertans stays in this roster. I don't know if Mills is here. But it's Micic and Wallace, to me, is better than Saric and Waters. It's close. And the other thing is they have Chet Holmgren. They had him on the roster last season. He just didn't play, but he's back. So they're definitely better in that regard. But even the Micic and Wallace versus Saric and Waters, I think, is, a, is an upgrade. Maybe it isn't, but I think it is. And then if you get anything out of Oladipo, that probably tips at that direction as well. Let's go to New Orleans. I think they're about the same. They only moves they've made so far is to bring back Jordan Hawkins, or sorry, to draft Jordan Hawkins and to bring in Cody Zeller. And Cody Zeller replaces both Jackson Hayes and Billy Hernan Gomez. Bill probably heads off uh, over to Europe, and I wouldn't say he's in the NBA. Jackson Hayes goes to the Lakers. And they lose Josh Richardson. Um, so, if they're, the, I said they're about the same. They might be worse. Richardson is, well, Richardson's better than Jordan Hawkins, yes. But is Zala better than Jackson Hayes? Yes, by much, not really. It's probably a wash, leaning towards worse. But the team, again, this is what the the distinction on this show. The team is almost likely to be almost definitely better. Second-year Dyson Daniels, third-year Trey Murphy, third-year Herb Jones. Maybe Zion plays more than 30 games. Like, all of those things should make the team significantly better. If Zion plays 60 games, they probably win 10 more games than what they did last year. So they are almost definitely going to play or win more games. And I think the roster stays about the same, maybe, maybe weakened slightly. I think the Wolves are in a situation where they're probably about the same as well. That's not a great thing. But I think they're probably about the same. They bring in Troy Brown Jr., Leonard Miller, absolute steal in the third, in the second round, uh, Jalen Clark, and they do bring in from the Sixers, Shake Milton. Troy Brown, decent rotation player, decent rotation wing sort of guy. Shake Milton, backup point guard, backup shooting guard, solid enough. Clark won't really play. Miller, I don't think does much early on. They lose Torian Prince. They lose maybe Jalen Noel. He hasn't signed anywhere. I don't know that he'll be back, but I think Shake sort of takes his spot. Austin Rivers, Nathan Knight, and Matt Ryan. So while I said they're the same, you know, Shake and Troy Brown with the only guaranteed loss being Torian Prince, that's a W. If they don't bring Noel back, then losing Prince and Noel and getting Miller, uh, oh, sorry, Milton and Brown makes it about even, I guess. And then if Leonard Miller contributes, and for the long term, they definitely got better. But Leonard Miller, I don't think is going to contribute much this year. That's why I've got them as being listed as the same as last year. But unlike the Pelicans, who were the same, probably worse, the Wolves are probably, uh, um, to me, probably same, but probably better. That's a lot of probably's in a sentence. I apologize for that lack of uh, grammatical coherence. Let's go to the Memphis Grizzlies. Is their roster better or worse? I was going to say it is worse but I don't think it is. Will their team be worse than last season? Probably yes. Right, Brandon Clark's going to miss a big chunk of the season. Steven Adams has had that knee problem. We'll see whether he's healthy and Jar Morant's going to miss 25 games. So the team is probably worse in terms of record this season. But I think the roster's same, bordering on better. Marcus Smart is better than Tyus Jones. Marcus Smart is better than Dylan Brooks. Is Marcus Smart better than Jones and Brooks together? Debatable. Debatable, but close. They also bring in Derek Rose. 
They bring in Gigi Jackson on a two-way. I don't think he's going to play this much. And they bring in Josh Christopher. Basically, they get him for nothing as the Rockets were just dumping players left, right, and center. So they're probably the same. I said the same bordering on better, but now I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe they are the same bordering or worse. There's going to be internal development that might make them better, but again, losing Jar and the injury to Clark does hurt. So you know, Smart is the best player out of all those six guys listed. So that, that gives them a W, but losing Jones and Brooks without probably getting another rotation guy back is a, is a little bit of a concern. Can Josh Christopher step into that? And by the way, there's so much crazy homophobia going up around this video about Jalen Green and Josh Christopher. Although it, it's, it's pretty disgusting, to be honest. I don't know what was happening. I, I don't actually care what they do. Are they gay? Are they straight? I don't care. But the homophobia spread around it is pretty disgusting. It's, it's, it's bad, man. Um, I hope Josh Christopher is able to... I, I sort of have liked him as a little bit of a... I don't know, spark-pluggy offensive player with some upside. He really regressed last season. But there is an opportunity with Jones and Brooks out and with Morant suspended. There's a rotation spot available. Be him or Zaya Williams sort of battling for a Johnny Conchar in the mix as well. Obviously, Luke Kennard. Um, but there's an opportunity for him to work his way into some minutes. So I'll be interested to see whether he can uh, whether he can do that. The Lakers. We praised a lot of what they did in the pre- in the offseason. And I would have to say that their pre-season or their off-season grade is it's pretty good. I think they did decently well. But is their team better? They're different questions. Because part of the reason they had such a good offseason is that they got Gabe Vincent for a steal of a contract. They got Austin Reeves back on an absolute steal of a contract. They are gigantic Ws. But Reeves was already on the team. Resigning him doesn't make you better. It makes you the same. Yes, he will probably grow and get better, but you're the same. So they bring in Gabe Vincent. That's good. Torian Prince, Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, Jalen hood Shafino, and Colin Castleton's an interesting. I think Colin Cas- and Demoy Hodge is another one. I didn't fit him on the list. Demoy Hodge is there as well. I think Castleton is a two-way guy at the moment. I think he's an NBA full roster player at some point. They lose Dennis Schroeder, Malik Beasley, Lonnie Walker, maybe Mo Bumba, maybe Winyan Gabriel. Now, I don't have the highest opinions of Schroeder, of Beasley, of Walker, of Bumba. But they're all capable enough of being rotation players. And is Vincent Hayes, Prince, Hudshafino, Reddish, is it better than Gabriel, Bumba, Walker, Beasley, Schroeder? Maybe. Vincent's better than Schroeder? Sure. Prince, is he better than Beasley? Maybe. Is Hudshafino better than Lonnie Walker? No, not at this point. Is Vincent better? Look, you would say it's It's close. So for as much as we praise their offseason, you're retaining Rui Hachimura, a bit of an overpay, bring in Vincent, bring, re-signing Reeves, that's all Ws. But is the team markedly better? I don't think so. I don't think it's worse, but I don't think that it's better necessarily. Because Schroeder, Beasley, Walker were all rotation guys. Gabriel was a rotation guy as well. And they replaced them with Jackson Hayes, who's been bad. Huchifino's a rookie, he's not going to play. Reddish has been bad. And it's Vincent and Prince who probably come into the rotation. They will, they might be a better overall team because I think Max Christie. I should put Max Lewis on this list as well. Sorry, he, he's coming in. So he, he's interesting. I think Max Christie, their second round pick from last season, is. I think he's going to be a rotation player, and I think he might end up being like he might end up better, being better than what Lonnie Walker was last season. I'm pretty interested to see what Max Christie can do, but of course he's not an addition to the roster because he was there last year. He just never played. 
getting a little bit more interested in, in what he can do. I think there's something something to see with him. I hope. The Clippers. I think they're the same. But but what if Harden arrives? If Harden arrives, I would think they'd be better. But I don't know. They lose Eric Gordon. That's an L. They traded away Luke Kennard and the pick that became Cam Whitmore for 20 games of Eric Gordon. That's an L. They cut him as well. They lose Gordon, and then it's Musa Diabete and Xavier Moon. They bring in Kobe Brown, the 30th pick in the draft, KJ Martin, and Jordan Miller. So really, we're looking at, is KJ Martin, plus maybe a little bit of Kobe Brown, but is KJ Martin better than Eric Gordon? I don't think so, but it's not. Martin's pretty good. Does he really fit this team? That's what I'm not sure about with all the forwards and wings and all that sort of stuff. That's not great. So they're probably same, getting possibly worse. They brought back Mason Plumley as well. Um, so they're probably, yeah, same, close to worse, but that could easily change if we do get Jim Harden um, heading back home to LA. The Houston Rockets, this is where grading off-seasons and rosters is interesting. Are the Rockets a better team than last season? Absolutely. Did they make insane free agent decisions that probably are going to end up being bad? I think yes. Very clearly, yes. Is the direction and the 90-degree turn that they made going to end up foolish? I think probably yes. Is firing Steven Silas and replacing with Ime Yadoka a W? 100% yes. Was Ime Yadoka a horrible coach for three months in Boston? Also yes. Was Ime Yadoka a very good coach towards the end of the season in Boston? Also, yes. Adoka was dreadful for the Celtics. People forget that because they made the finals. He was shit house. He was a really bad coach. He was calling out, bagging players constantly in press conferences. There was so much internal strife on that team. And then everything just came together and they went really good. Now, on this team, with so many like dickheads, that could get really bad really quickly. When Yudoka gets pissed, benches guys, drags them, they crack the shits, he calls them out in press. It could go sideways really quickly, including the bloke they signed for $20 million a year, Dylan Brooksy Brooks, which is just absolutely crazy. The i got no problem with the Fred Van Vliet signing. It's three years, 130 a lot for Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, but one of them is a team option, so it's basically two years, 90-ish. It's fine. He is a very good player. Does it make sense for them to get a 29-year-old six-foot point guard and pay him that much money where they are in their draft or their rebuild process when they drafted a point guard at number four overall? No. But he also is going to make Jalen Green better. He's going to make Tari Eason better. He's going to make Jabari Smith better. He's going to make Alpren Shangun significantly better. He's going to make everything better. And that's the sort of point guard who doesn't need 30 usage. He doesn't need to make the game Fred Van Vliet-ish. He just does what he needs to do. It's a W in that regard. And it makes them significantly better. It's still confuses the rebuild process when Porter and Thompson are both still there. I don't know what they do with that. But then when you bring in Dylan Brooks, the one of the worst offensive players in the NBA, and pair him with a bunch of other blokes who can't shoot, Amen, Green, Smith, Porter, who's actually pretty good. That's not fair on him. It's, it's ridiculous. But the roster is better. You bring in Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jeff Green, Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, and Jock Landale, and you lose KJ Martin, solid player, Ujman Garuba, Josh Christopher, probably Dacian Nix, he's gone. Uh, Frank Kaminsky and Taito Washington is an unbelievable talent upgrade. And it is still a bad offseason, I think. 
because of the Dylan Brooks thing, because of are you going to play Jeff Green, because of limiting what Tari Eason can do, because of limiting what Amen Thompson can do, because you put Kevin Porter in purgatory. Where does any of it work? I don't know. But they will be better. Will they be better enough to be a playoff team in two years? Or will they go from a 22-win team to a 34-win team and become the Wizards? That's the fear, isn't it? They become the Bulls. That's the fear. That's the fear. I heard this on, I think it was uh, Sam Vecini's podcast. And I think it was Robbie Calland who's on there and said the part of the problem with giving Dylan Brooks four years, $80 million, is that Dylan Brooks already thinks that he's the best offensive player on the team. And now he's going to say, look how much they paid me to be the best offensive player on the team. And that's a recipe for unbelievable disaster. Unless he pulls his head in, never has. Unless he pulls his head in in a number of ways, that could just be a complete shit show. When he comes out there, I'm the man, look at my contract. And he's out there going four of 20. Ugh, oh, it's, it could be bad. The Golden State Warriors. I initially thought that their roster was probably better. But I don't think it is. They've still got probably a move to make and the reports all seem to be that it'll be Dario Saric. And I think if Dario Saric does come in, it probably does make them, probably makes them better. But they bring in Chris Paul, Trace Jackson Davis, Brandon Pajemski, and Corey Joseph, old mate. They lose Jordan Poole, Ryan Rollins, Patrick Baldwin, Dante DiVincenzo, Ty Jerome, and probably Anthony Lamb. And while Poole had his detractors, for his defense, his turnovers, and the whole thing with him and Draymond Green, all that sort of stuff. He had his detractors. Still a good player, good scorer, a guy that can handle the ball and dribble. But losing the combination of Paul and DiVincenzo and probably bringing back one rotation guy in Chris Paul, is Chris Paul that much better than those two combined? That's where I go, I don't think so. Now, Paul's a good player, very good player, and was still really good last year. But is it enough to make up for what both Poole and DiVincenzo provided? Assuming that Jackson Davis and Pajemski, who I don't think will contribute much this season, they're probably not going to do much. And that's why I have them the same. Paul is definitely better than the players going out individually, but the combined nature of those two, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Pretty confident that this team is worse, and that's crazy to say for the defending champions. But I think that you have to say the Denver Nuggets are worse. They bring in Jalen Pickett, a reach at pick 32, I thought. Hunter Tyson, a reach at pick 37. Julian Strowther, maybe a reach at 29, but probably not. Okay, fine. Older, all older rookies. And Justin Holiday, who was absolutely washed last season. That's it. That's all they brought in. This is not even me criticizing them you know, dipping into their biannual exception. I think it was to sign Reggie Jackson. Insanity. And they lose the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, they lose Jeff Green. My name is Jeff. They lose... Oh, they lost a lot of sound bites. They lose the tank, Tom Bryant. Which, let's be fair, doesn't mean anything because he didn't play. They lose Ish Smith, probably. I don't know where Ish Smith's going to play. And they lose Jack White, who went to Oklahoma City. Pickett, Tyson, Stroud, the holiday. Do not make up for Brown, Green... Well, even Brown and Green. Or even Brown on his own. Yes, we expect some internal improvement from Peyton Watson, who I like. He was already on the roster. We expect internal improvement from Christian Brown, who I like. But he was already on the roster. In terms of what their roster did, they got worse. They might be the same or better through improvement of other players. But their roster is worse, I think, than where it was last season. And the last one, the Dallas Mavericks. I think they got better. They bring in Seth Curry. I'm not sure about this. They bring in Seth Curry, Rashawn Holmes, Dante Exum, 
Derek Lively, Omax Prosper, and Mike Miles Jr. They lose Davis Bertans. They lose Justin Holiday. They lose Christian Wood. I don't know where Wood's going. It's not here. They lose McKinley Wright, Frank Nilakina, and Markeith Morris. So the rotation player they lost was nobody? Wood. Wood, sorry. That's not true. They lost Wood. Because Bertans didn't play every night. Holiday played, started two games, then was out of the rotation. Morris, Nilakina, they didn't play. And they replaced it with Seth Curry, who will. Rashawn Holmes, who I think definitely will. Um, Exum, who will. And Prosper or Lively. I think Prosper might, but Lively won't play. It's better. Now, if they had lost Kyrie Irving, it would have been significantly worse. Are they a much better team? Not hugely. But their roster is better than what it was. And that's not even including second-year Jaden Hardy, third-year Josh Green. These guys taking steps forward. A more coherent center rotation. Instead of whatever it was they were running with in the past, with JaVale McGee and Dwight Powell, even though Dwight Powell is back. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's hard to argue that they got worse. Is it enough to make them title contenders? I, I don't think so. But the roster looks better than where it was at the end of last season. And that's the point of this exercise. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. As I said, this is the last podcast that's relatively live. The next time that I am recording a full show that is in date with up-to-date happenings will be around July 20th, I think. So a couple of weeks away. But I will be doing, stay tuned to the socials, Twitter, if it's still working, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube shorts, I'll post some Summer League stuff there as well without doing any full shows. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Can't find the button. See ya.